With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And a damn thing pretty. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the cornea side. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown. Put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Go to the game. Taught her how to say Padres. Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 291 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden, your host here. It is November 30th, 2022. A lot to talk about. Week before the winter meetings, they are this coming week or next week. Um, start on Sunday, Sunday evening, I believe. Here in San Diego, I'll be there. Uh, but as for today, there's Xander Bogart's talk. There's Jose Abreu talk, uh, Trey Turner, Jeff Passan, Ken Rosenthal. They have all released new reporting, uh, and both of them involve the Padres a little bit. Um, so there's tons to get into. There was an executive that spoke to ESPN's Jesse Rogers recently and thinks that Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to get traded. Uh, didn't give a reason why, but we can get more into that um, in a little bit. And then, you know, with this Turner and Bogarts thing, right, that's, it's, it's getting a lot of steam, I think, where, um, you know, going into this, into this winter meetings week, you're going to see a lot of rumors flying around about starting pitching, about the shortstop market. I think when one of them goes, then they're going to go after that, you know, because these shortstops don't want to sign. They want to wait for someone to set the market and then go get more than that. 
So I'd expect one of them to go, and then they all go. Uh, but we will see. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. I'll start with Jose Abreu. So Ken Rosenthal, part of his column in The Athletic yesterday was saying how the Padres, they actually offered Jose Abreu a three-year deal. The Cleveland Guardians offered Jose Abreu a three-year deal as well. Remember, we thought it was Padres and the Astros. Like Those seemed like the two main teams to go get Jose Abreu. The White Sox, they were going to go with Andrew Vaughn, and there just didn't seem like another team, right? But according to Rosenthal, the Guardians, there's, there was that three-year deal. The Red Sox, I guess he was like their top outside priority. Obviously, their top priority is Bogarts, I would assume. Um, they were in it. The Marlins were in it. The Cubs, the Rays were also in the mix. So there was a lot of interest in Jose Abreu. And I think this tells you that other teams, it's not just the Padres, other teams want first base help. They want you know a potential DH power bat, right? And Abreu, after Rizzo, because Rizzo went back to the Yankees, after Abreu, like, there's the first base market is not that strong. Um, right now, after Abreu's gone, who do the Padres have to go with here? Uh, you know, Josh Bell, Brandon Jury, Brandon Belt, Will Myers, maybe he's listed as a first baseman, but he isn't going to be starting as at first base for the Padres in 2023 on opening day. I, I hope not. Nothing against Will, but I, I just hope not. Um, who else? Yuli Gurriel, but he's 39. It's just not that strong. So teams were going for it with Abreu. The Astros won three years, like $60 million. I would not have given that to Abreu, so I'm fine with him going to Houston. But there was a lot more interest, and I would think that there's going to be a lot of interest in Brandon uh, Drury and Josh Bell because those two seem like two of the more talented remaining first base DH options on the market. There's some, there's some like actual DH options like JD Martinez or um, like a Trey Mancini. He could play first, but he seems more like a DH guy. Michael Brantley coming off the shoulder injury. He could play left. He could play the outfield, but he seems more like a DH guy. I like Michael Brantley. I think the Padres should be interested in him. He can play some left field, which is an area of need. He, um, obviously, DH. Padres, they don't have a DH right now, so he would fit as well. Uh, but with all these teams, my main takeaway here, with all these teams being interested in Abreu more than we thought, the Padres are going to have some real competition if they want to bring Brandon Drury back, if they want to uh, bring Josh Bell back. So we'll see what happens there, but it, it's not going to be a one or a you know a two-team race, I don't think, for Josh Bell, definitely. There's going to be, I think Josh Bell is probably the best remaining first baseman left on the market. I, I don't see the Padres bringing him back. I'm leaning more towards Drury having a platoon there, uh, but we'll see what happens there. Um, next thing, or hang on, let me get to the chat here first. Let me look at the chat because. I don't want to get, you know, a half hour through this and go back to what you guys were saying here at like 903. Um risk it for the biscuit as you can attend the winter meetings. Uh yeah, I mean if you just go like in the lobby, 
that's that's what I'm planning on doing. Yeah, you can do that. Um, fans don't really do that because you're you're just sitting there. Like that's I went the last time and I'm I'm gonna go again. Uh, but I didn't have like a plan or anything. And what you do is you just you just sit there. Or you walk around the lobby. Regular fans, they'd rather be watching MLB Network sitting on their couch at home and, and looking at Twitter and all that, right? Um, so for fans, it's not like an, this amazing thing, I don't think. But um, I'm planning to go and talk to people. Uh, and so look forward to that. Uh, look out for that content coming up next week. Good morning, Christopher, Michael, Kirsten. Oh, right out of the gate with a trade hypothetical. Says trade Grisham for Danny Jansen from the Blue Jays, Tatis in center. I, I I don't think the Padres are going to be trading for a catcher. That's not what they should be looking for right now. They have Nola there. I think they're confident in him. Uh, they're high on Luis Camposano, according to I think it was Ken Rosenthal who said that recently. They're fine. I'm fine with the catching position at least right now. They need to go get first base, DH, left field. Um, starting pitching. Let, let's get that done before we, you know, say, oh, let's trade a center fielder when we have like two starting caliber outfielders on the roster right now, you know? Um, so maybe it happens. I just don't see that happening. Definitely not like at the winter meetings this coming week, right? Okay. So we just talked about Jose Abreu. Now, obviously, the main topic, right? for today this episode and that's about Xander Bogart so Ken Rosenthal last night in the athletic he reported that AJ Preller recently asked Scott Boris Xander Bogart's agent if Bogart's would be willing to play other infield positions and Ken Rosenthal did not say in the athletic if Bogart's was willing to play other positions like what Boris told Preller that was not included. So obviously Twitter, you know, goes off and, uh, you know, me included, like, oh, wow. Okay, so is Bogart's, I mean, Preller's really going for it here. He's trying to be creative, obviously. We already knew the Padres were interested in Xander Bogart's before Ken Rosenthal's report here. Uh, but it, it was kind of like, okay, well, what if Bogart's, it got your mind kind of, or my mind at least thinking, what if Bogart's is willing to, not play shortstop. Okay, so now you have Kim at shortstop. You have Manny at third. You can put Bogarts at second base, and you put Cronenworth at first base. Cronenworth played first base in the All-Star game a couple years back. He can play first base. He played some of it this past season. <laughs> Sign me up with that. You can put Tatis in the outfield, and you have Tatis, Grisham, and Soto. Like that makes that that might be the best one of the definitely one of the best lineups in baseball. Probably the best top half of the lineup in baseball, right? But then, obviously, you had Scott Boris come in and just poop all on that thought. According to Ken Rosenthal this morning, Boris replied to Ken Rosenthal and said, quote, Xander is playing shortstop. So that ended, you know, a lot of Padres fans... Uh, amazing dreams of having Bogarts, you know, change positions so he could come play for the Padres. Now, this does not kill, I want to be clear, 
this does not kill the Padres' chances of landing Xander Bogarts. Like, okay. I mean, I was joking about this on Twitter earlier today. Scott says, Bogarts is a shortstop. Okay. Then Preller's like, all right, that's fine. Hassan Kim's a second baseman now. So we're still in it with you here. So, I mean, look, AJ, it, it seems like he wants Xander Bogarts. And he's also interested in Trey Turner, according to different reporters, right? I think John Heyman's reported that. I think Ken Rosenthal, uh, he reported it this, uh, last night. So he likes Trey Turner. He likes Xander Bogarts. Like, it doesn't matter what their agents say. AJ's going to adapt to that. And so if Scott Boris says, yeah, Xander Bogarts, he's playing shortstop. He's not moving positions. Okay. The Padres are trying to win, and they're trying to just get the best talent. Uh, AJ, it doesn't seem like he cares like a bunch about who plays what position right now. It doesn't seem like that's his you know, thought process. He wants the best offensive talent, and Bogarts is better offensively. He'd be a, an upgrade offensively over Brandon Drury or uh, Brandon Bell if they brought him in or Josh Bell if they bring him back, right? So he's just trying to get the best lineup if, you're, if he's going to go get Bogarts or if he's going to get Trey Turner, right? I don't think they're going to get Turner. I don't think they're going to get Bogarts, but that's his thought process is I'm just going to go get the best players, and put, and we'll worry, we will worry about the positions later, right? So, yeah, it's intriguing. Uh, don't make Scott Boris, don't, like, look at Scott Boris's comments and uh, have that discourage you about the Bogarts' chances. I think the chances of signing Bogarts are the same regardless of what position Bogarts is saying that I'm only playing this position. So he plays shortstop. I think it's going to be the same odds of the Padres signing him as if he would be willing to play other positions because the Padres, if they want Bogarts bad enough, they will give him the money and they will adapt. They will say, Hassan Kim, guess what? You want to win, right? Okay, you're moving over to second base. We're putting Jake Cronenworth at first base. We're bringing in an all-star shortstop here. He'll play short. We'll put Manny at third, Tatis. You don't have a whole lot of room to be uh, deciding what position you're going to play this year. You just let down your team for the entire 2022 season. We're putting you in the outfield. You can go play right field, and Soto, you can move to left because you want to win again, right? And then Grish will be in center. So they can make it work if they truly want Bogarts. Uh, I just don't, I still don't see them paying Bogarts $200 million. I don't see them paying Trey Turner. 260 270 million dollars whatever it ends up being uh but look it's aj preller like i can't count him out i can't i'm not going to sit here and just count aj out and saying it's not going to happen i'm not saying definitely a hundred percent it's not going to happen i don't think it's going to happen turner or bogart i don't think they're coming here but i will never sit here and say there is a zero percent chance that turner and bogart's our Padres in spring training. Not going to do it because of the guy that we have as the general manager. Now, Sean McAdam, March 15th, 2022, he was a Red Sox, or he is a Red Sox reporter. Uh, he said 
or he reported that Bogart said in March of this year, I'm a shortstop. Why would I be thinking of moving to second base or third base? This was before Bohr said that uh, Bogarts, or he said Xander is playing shortstop. So even then, last night, I saw that come across on Twitter. I was like, okay, well, he's, yeah, you kind of have to resign to the fact he's not going to be moving positions. He wants to be a shortstop, right? But again, like, I don't see that as like, oh my gosh, okay, we're definitely not getting him because he's playing shortstop. He's not willing to move off of it. Like, it's his right to not want to move off of it. AJ will adapt to him. He will adapt with the pieces around the roster, around the infield, around, you know, around the field. If he really wants Bogarts bad enough, Bogarts will play shortstop. He'll get the guy, you know. Um, Bogarts, he's played shortstop. He's played third base in his career. So, I, I you know, the second base thing, I think he, look, I don't see that happening because it, they've already said that he's, that Sanders playing shortstop. Boris has already said that, and Bogarts has said it himself. Um, he's not going to move off of shortstop. But third base seems like a, the spot, if it isn't shortstop, where he would play. I think he played that in the World Baseball Classic for Netherlands. Or maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but I, I thought is Didi Gregor I thought Didi Gregorius played for Netherlands or something like that. Or whatever country Bogarts played for. I thought Bogarts played third base during that. I could be wrong. That was a long time ago. Um before I had the show. Anyway, he has played third in the big leagues before. He's played shortstop. Uh, he's a shortstop. Um, Jeff Passan reported on ESPN this morning that Philadelphia, the Phillies, the Cubs, and the Dodgers, they are interested in Bogarts. He didn't say the Dodgers, but he said Los Angeles. So it could be the Dodgers and the Angels. I mean, the Angels, they just got Gio Rochella, but he's not great. Uh, Yankee fans would tell you he's not a shortstop. So I think they could still be in the shortstop market, but they also have Otani, who they're, I don't think he's coming back, but they're going to want to spend and give him a good offer when he's a free agent, right? Um, so who knows what they do there. For them, it's probably just, I mean, Rendon's got to stay healthy. He hasn't been able to. You want Trout to stay healthy. You need Otani to stay healthy. And just get pitching. Focus on pitching. I mean, maybe they'll be in the shortstop market. As for Philly, obviously, I would be very shocked if they don't get a shortstop. I think it's going to be, I mean, Trey Turner seems like the guy. He likes the East Coast. You know, he'd be teammates again with Bryce, right? They're friends. Um, but the Phillies, even if they don't get Trey Turner, like they're getting a shortstop, it seems like. Bryson Stott will move to second base. Gene Segura is a free agent. They're not going to bring him back. They're getting a shortstop. Like Dave Dombrowski, he is a guy that goes and spends the owner's money. He's not a rebuild GM. They just made it to the World Series. He's going to go spend a lot of money. So I think that the Phillies are definitely getting a shortstop. John Middleton, their, their owner, is not afraid to spend money as well. Seems like they're getting a shortstop. It could be Bogarts. It could be Turner. I would think that it's going to be Turner. It could be Correa, uh, Swanson. 
but they're getting a shortstop. I'd be very surprised if they don't. So, yeah, they're a fit for Bogarts. The Cubs, I could see why they're interested, right? Uh, I don't. It's been weird what they've been doing. They've been you know, spending on some guys, say Suzuki, Marcus Stroman. When they're a rebuilding team, they've been spending on those guys, but they traded Bryant and Baez and Rizzo. So it was like they want to rebuild, but then they're trying to maybe show the fan base that they're not in a full rebuild. I don't know. I think they wasted money there. If it, You either rebuild, tear it all down. Being stuck in the middle is the worst place. So maybe the Cubs are trying to get out of that and really spend this offseason. You know, they're a big market team. It's the freaking Cubs. Like, they bring in a lot of money, uh, even when they're not that good. So they need to start spending like they should be. And But it's not just going to be shortstop for them. They need more than that. Uh, but, yeah, they're definitely interested at short. Uh, I think Nico Horner would play second base, right? Uh, and then the Dodgers, obviously, Trey Turner was their shortstop. And so if he doesn't come back, then, yeah, Bogarts, they'd be interested in him. I don't know about Correa. I don't think the Dodgers care about 2017, like when it comes to signing him and how much money to give him and if they're going to be interested in him. But I know Dodger fans are probably like, no, I don't want Correa because he cheated against us. Well, do you want to win now? Or not, right? So it, it, it's interesting. We'll see. Philly, Chicago, the Dodgers, those teams seem like they're definitely going to be getting shortstops. We'll see what happens with the Angels. As for the Padres, obviously, rounding it back to the Padres, MLB Trade Rumors projected Bogarts to get seven years, $189 million in free agency. That's $27 million a year. Did the Padres want to spend almost $200 million on Bogarts? $27 million a year, 30 maybe, depending on the competition. Thirty, Let's say 30. Do they want to spend $30 million a year on Bogarts? Or do they want to spend 15 on Senga? And another, I don't know, $8 million a year on Drury? And bring in someone else on a, you know, bring in Dom Smith or something like that. And they could be around $30 million while getting starting pitching, a need, getting first base and another bat, which are needs, right? You fill those needs, and you can make, yeah, would, it would be great to get Bogarts, right? That would be great. He would make the lineup better. He would make the lineup better than if the Padres brought in, brought back Drury, right? But my, or, or Bell also. But my point is they have more needs than just one more bat. And it's not just about the $27 million AAV right here. It's about the $200 million that you'd be spending on a Bogarts or more than that on Trey Turner. Like, we do have to remember that we want to give Juan Soto $500 million, right? We want to give you Darvish this extension. At some point, you can't be given out all of these huge contracts to like everyone on the team, um, unless you want to be paying for $30 beers at the ballpark, right? I just don't think that it's realistic. There are other teams that are in the position where the Padres were going into 2019, where the Padres could give Machado $300 million, right? 
the Cubs might they're kind of in that spot right now. Um, I mean, you could argue the Red Sox are in that spot, right? They, they have the room to spend that money. The Phillies, yeah, they already have a big $300 million guy, but they don't have a lot of high-salary guys around that, right? I mean, you look at, yeah, you have Nola and Wheeler there, but you don't have another $300 million contract on that team, unless I'm just dumb and forgetting someone, but Bryce is that big contract, right? The Padres already have big contracts. They have $100 million given to Musgrove. They have $300 million given to Manny. They have $340 given to Tatis, right? They're gearing up for $500 to Soto, right? Like they're, It seems like it wouldn't fit the Padres to give Turner and Bogart, or Bogart's not and, give Turner or Bogart's $200-plus million if they want to have Soto, Manny, and Tatis as their lineup core for the next decade, you know, or next five years for Manny, you know. So I, I still don't see it happening, but it's really, really interesting to talk about. I'm going to continue talking about it because people keep reporting about it and people keep, you know, talking about how, A.J. Preller is interested in Bogarts, and he's talking with Boris about changing positions. And even though, uh, I, just because Boris says, oh, Bogarts isn't going to change, he's a shortstop, that, I don't think that's going to stop A.J. from pursuing this. Um, he gets creative. Like I, Again, I don't see a long-term deal, but they're going to offer something, I would think, to Turner or Bogarts, short-term, be creative, and say, hey, this is the best opportunity for you to win in the next few years. Maybe you go to uh, Boston, you go back to Boston if you're Bogarts, but do you have a better opportunity to win with Boston in 2023 or with the Padres in 2023, right? Like maybe Preller offers a short-term high AAV, like Scyther says, F it with the luxury tax this year, just goes way up, way over it for the next couple years while Soto is here. And then they say, we'll come back to the table uh, when Soto is also a free agent, and we'll see what the situation looks like. If Soto goes elsewhere, then we can bring you back, right? Like, I just don't think that Preller is going to, to get shut down by Boris and be like, all right, well, we're go let's take all, let's just go home. You know, we're not going to bring these guys in. All right, well. I just don't see that. Like Preller, he does not stop. This is not a guy that's gonna that has one solution or one idea, and then when that idea doesn't work out, he's like he just stops. Like no, he has a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. He has a lot of plans, you know, uh, for each player and what a contract could look like and position for that player. Right, like this guy. He doesn't sleep. He goes to sleep at 2.30 and wakes up at 5.30, right? Like, that's just who he is. So this is going to be fascinating. I don't see the Padres getting Bogarts. I don't see the Padres getting Trey Turner because I think both of those guys will sign long-term deals. They're both, like, 29, 30 years old. So signing a two-year, three-year deal at a high AAV and going and being a free agent at age 33 they're not, that's not what Boris wants, right? You're age 30, 
you go get your big deal because you're not going to go get another one, right? You wouldn't think. Um, and I'm talking about like that $200 plus million deal when you're 33. That's not going to happen. So they're going to go get their money. I don't see them coming to the Padres, but it's still interesting. All the, you know, the position changes and Preller asking Boris, hey, does Bogarts want to play? Is he willing to play a position other than shortstop? Boris tells him no. Okay, well, I don't think Preller hangs up the phone. He's going to say, okay, well, Asun Kim's a great second baseman. He's the second baseman now. Wasn't it? What's the Moneyball is my favorite movie. Um, and didn't Bill, wasn't there a scene with Billy Bean? Maybe, maybe it's something else, but it was like where, no, I'm thinking about the Hatterberg Pena thing where he just sits Pena down. Uh, and Hatterberg, he used to catch, and he was like, Well, we're signing you to be a first baseman here. He's like, I've never played first base before. Well, you're playing first base. We'll sign you up. Uh, you know, they had Ron Washington help him out, you know. And he ended up being a first baseman with the A's in 2002. Like, that's what this kind of reminds me of. Like, okay, Hassan Kim, you're mainly a shortstop your whole life. Well, we're bringing in Xander Bogarts here. You can play second base. We'll, we'll have someone help you with second base. I don't think Kim would need that much help going from short to second, but that's just in my head. Like, that just reminds me of Moneyball, like Scott, uh, you know, Scott Hatterberg sitting there in his house with Ron Washington and, uh, and Billy Bean sitting there. And he's like, I've never played first. I don't know how to play first base. And Ron Washington's sitting there and he's like, it's not that hard. Or no, no, no. I think it was Billy. He, he said, it's not that hard. And Ron Washington <laughs> comes back and says, no, it's incredibly hard. Um, that's funny. That's totally off topic, but um, it's intriguing. It's intriguing. The position change uh, with Trey Turner. Ken Rosenthal said uh, that Preller fancies Trey Turner too. So, you know, Turner, he's played second base in his career. He's played shortstop. He's played some center field. I think he played center field when he was with the Washington Nationals before he was traded to the Dodgers with uh, Scherzer in 2021. He seems like the better fit for the Padres, like positionally. I'm not talking about money. He's going to be more expensive than Bogarts. But he seems like the better fit because the Padres, or A.J. Preller specifically, right, he loves that positional versatility. And Trent Grisham, we saw what he did last year, right? I still give him another year. I think that he can only go up from here. That's kind of my mindset with Grish. I still believe in him. Like the, the talent is there. We saw that in October. But what if he doesn't do well? Turner can go to center field. What if you don't want Tatis in the outfield? You can have Turner in center field. You can have Grish go play right field and have Soto in left. And have Tatis play short and Kim play second and Cronenworth play first. And have Trey Turner be that big option that you got, you know, or that big uh, guy that you signed in the free agency. There's so many ways that the Padres could construct their roster. Turner, he can play the outfield. He can play the infield. Bogarts, according to Boris and Bogarts, because that's what he said in March, he's pretty dead set on playing shortstop. Turner, I don't know. 
Maybe he's dead set on playing shortstop, but we have not heard that. And I assume that Trey Turner or Trey Turner's agent has been asked that same question by AJ that AJ asked Boris. Is Trey Turner willing to play a position other than shortstop? Is he willing to play other infield positions? Is he willing to play the outfield? Um, look, he could go back to the Dodgers and have a good chance of winning the World Series. But I don't know. What if the Dodgers aren't super interested in bringing him back and because they don't want to give him all that money after giving Mookie all that money and giving Freddie Freeman all that money, right? Maybe they don't want to play for Trey Turner and they want to go with Dansby Swanson. Or I see Swanson going back to Atlanta, but maybe they want to go with the cheaper guy because I think Trey Turner is going to get the most money in free agency among the big shortstops. Um, I mean, I think the Phillies are probably the favorite for Trey Turner. I think the Mariners are a team that will be very interested in Trey Turner. But, I mean, when Preller likes someone, he will do whatever he can to get that guy on his team. Obviously, you know, money might not allow Trey Turner to become a San Diego Padre because the Padres want Juan Soto, right? But when Preller likes someone and he can get them, he usually he usually is willing to go farther than every GM in baseball to get that guy. I mean, we saw it with the Juan Soto deal, right? These aren't trades, but I'm just saying when someone when Preller likes a guy, he gets that guy eventually. That's what it feels like, you know. Um, I mean, but this is the question with Trey Turner and with Bogarts. This is what you have to ask, right? Would the Padres rather give $30 million, you know, spread $30 million out for this season to Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts, or spread it out to Senga, Drury, and Dom Smith, or someone like that to platoon at DH and first base with Drury, right? Because, as I said earlier, when... You give Bogart or Turner, you know, thirty million dollars. That is great. That makes your lineup better than any free agent addition would, right? Those two guys, probably. It would be better. It would make your lineup better than any first base guy out there, and make your lineup better than any left fielder out there available on the free agent market. It just would. They're better players, right? Um, but. That's one guy, and the Padres, they don't need just one hitter. They need multiple hitters, and they don't just need multiple hitters. They need another starting pitcher, and not just another starting pitcher like Julio Tehran. They need another quality starting pitcher like Kodai Senga, like Chris Bassett, someone like that, at least I think, because we saw what happened in the NLCS when you threw Mike Clevenger out there and he couldn't get an out. When you threw Shamanai out there and he gave up a run in the first inning that he pitched in game four. And I think it was game four, yeah. And then gave up more runs in the second inning. I don't think he should have, he should have even been in that game, in that situation, uh, for a second inning. But that's what happened. They need more starting pitching. If you had a Kodai Senga out there instead of Clevenger, would that series have been pushed back to San Diego? I think the odds are better. Uh, I think 
there would have been a higher chance of it happening. I think he would have gotten one single out at least. They need starting pitching. So I think it would be smarter for the Padres to spread it around to Senga, to Drury, Dom Smith, or Senga, Profar, and Drury if Profar's market isn't as big as Boris thinks it is going to be. I'd rather do that and fill multiple holes than go get one big guy who you're spending $200 million on. And, oh, mate, by the way, you didn't just fill all your holes there. You filled only one, and Juan Soto might be walking now because you just gave $200 million to I got to a shortstop when you already had two shortstops. You have actually like four shortstops, Cronenworth, Tatis, Kim, and Manny. Uh, and now in a few years, you're looking and you don't have or one of the best hitters we've ever seen on your team, right? It's, it's, it's an interesting question. It is an interesting question. And as I just hit on, right, another question from that is, would you rather have Turner or Bogarts or Soto? Right. I mean, we can sit here all the time or all day and say, man, I love Peter Seiler, best owner in baseball. I think he is. Uh, Jeff Bagwell, by the way, he said yesterday, it seems like he's like running the Astros. He said Jim Crane's the best owner in baseball. That's funny. He's the one that fired the, his GM after the GM just won him a World Series. But all right. I guess you have different standards there, Jeff. Um. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Soto or Turner and Bogart. So, or Turner or Bogarts. I would pick Soto over Bogarts or Turner. Um, I mean, this guy, we already have infielders. So, just as a fit. And this guy, he is this era's Ted Williams. He's this era's Tony Gwynn, you know? It, some people... You hear national people be like, oh, that's like a Tony Gwynn swing, or he makes as much contact as Tony, or they they, they they like comparing guys to Tony Gwynn. And it's like, you literally just mentioned like Brandon Nimmo in the same sentence as Tony Gwynn. Are you freaking kidding me? But here, comparing Soto to Gwynn, like that's fine. Because Soto is that talent. Like, I am keeping Juan Soto. And they gave up. James Wood, Robert Hassel III, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Yarlan Susanna, and Luke Boyd. Um, they gave them up to get Juan Soto. You don't give all those guys up to not bring back Juan Soto, right? So I think Soto's the guy they bring back. I don't think Bogarts and Turner come here or Turner. Bogarts or Turner. Um, I would pick Soto over Turner. I would pick Soto over Bogarts. Bogarts and Turner, they're like 29, 30 years old. One of them's 29, one of them's 30. Uh, Yeah, that's in their prime. But Juan Soto is like just hitting his prime. You know? He's 24 right now. 24. So he has the age on his side. This guy is arguably the best hitter in baseball when he's on. This is a guy I want in the brown and gold for the rest of his career. And we have a guy in Fernando Tatis Jr. that is better than Xander Bogarts when he's healthy. 
We have a guy in Fernando Tatis Jr. who is probably better than Trey Turner when he's healthy. This guy did hit 40-plus home runs in 2021 and missed like 30 games with shoulder subluxations. I think we, some people forget that. Uh, like, we have that shortstop, you know? Soto, we don't have another outfielder like that, right? So I would pick Soto. Let me know if you would pick uh, Turner or Bogarts. Am I not speaking in this mic good? Sorry about that. There we go. I've been speaking in like the side of the microphone the whole time. Hopefully you could hear me good while I'm ranting here. Um, let me go through the chat here, and then I will get to this kind of last topic that I just saw this morning that was like uh, kind of mind-boggling to me. Uh, Christopher says, just to play around with this idea, if reports are true and we try to go for Turner, these are my bargain bin signings. Jury for cheap. Two, uh, two of Quintana, Tyone, Heaney, Williams. Yeah, I, I think if they're going to get Turner, that's $260 million that they just gave to Trey Turner. Um, so I don't even know who they would bring in after that. I mean, if you sign Turner, you're going over the luxury tax. I mean, you are literally going all in. So might as well just spend all of the money you just earned in playoff revenue this past year. So yeah, I guess Drury, they'd bring in, they'd bring in anyone. Pretty much. Uh, any of those lower tier guys. So Quintana, Tyone, Heaney, Williams. Like, yeah, they would all probably work. Maybe uh, Christopher says maybe make a run at Brantley or Voigt too. Yeah, I think I like Brantley. I think it's more realistic that the Padres bring Michael Brantley in than Turner or probably Bogarts as well. I haven't heard any reports about the Padres being interested in Michael Brantley, but how can you not be interested in Michael Brantley? I mean, this guy is a hitter, like pure hitter. Uh, the power isn't there, right? But he'll still get you like 15 home runs. He hits for ridiculous average. He does not strike out. The Padres, they, they like guys that don't strike out. All right, the plate discipline. He can play left field a little bit. He can play DH. Uh, those are two holes for the Padres. Like, he just fits for me. Um, so, yeah, I would love to have Brantley be on the Padres. And Voight, I think that's plan like G. Uh, it's it's low down on their list, probably. But I, I'd be fine with him coming back as a, a bench bat or, you know, worst case DH. Like, I'm saying worst case DH. Like, the Padres' worst case scenario have Voight, like, be the DH. He wasn't great here, but I didn't think he was someone that, like, held the team back or anything, like Hosmer, you know? Yeah, he's going to strike out. We know that. That That's who he is. The Padres acquired him knowing that Voight was going to strike out, right? But he does have the power there. Um, he was liked. The guy wants to win. We saw how pissed off he was when he went to the Nationals, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, I like Brantley and Voight. 
I know that was a long answer, but yeah, I like Brantley and Voight. Uh, I think Voight would love to get like in a one-on-one UFC match with Hosmer and just kick his butt for what he did. I mean, he, he it was his right. It was Hosmer's right to say, okay, I'm not trading or I'm not being traded to Washington, but come on. Boston wasn't a contender either, all right? And because you, even when you were getting traded to the Nationals, pause, you have a no-trade clause too now because you were traded. I think that's in his contract. And he has 10 and 5 rights, right? So you went to the Nationals. If they wanted to trade you somewhere else, you could say no. You could control where they traded you. So I didn't think it was the worst case to go to Washington. And... I know Boston's a better contender, and I probably would have done the same thing, but he can control where he gets traded because he has the no-trade clause now. Risk it for the biscuit says, supposedly the Yankees offered Judge around $300 million over eight years. Off topic, but thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, uh, I, can, I can talk about that. I mean, I'm a baseball fan, so yeah. Um, that's not going to get it done, I don't think. Eight years, $300 million. But I think that there's a high chance Judge signs with, whether it be the Yankees or the Giants, I think there's a high chance that he signs by the end of the winter meetings here in San Diego. Because he wa- he's already said in the past, he wants to sign pretty early so the team that he goes to can build around him. Like, they can have a plan, Right. And they can build out the roster because he's trying to win now, too. They're trying to win, you know, pretty close to whenever he signs the contract. Let's say he signs with the Giants. Maybe they don't win this year, but you want to get guys on multi-year deals so you can maybe go win in 2024. So, yeah, this next week, I think there's going to be big starting pitchers going off the board. I think, I don't know if a shortstop signs, one of the big shortstops. Maybe Dansby Swanson goes back to the Braves or something, but I think Judge will be the big one this winter meetings week. Or maybe it happens the week after that, but there will be big guys coming off the board this this next week, I think. But I think three or uh, 300 million for eight years, that's not going to get it done. What's the AAV on that? 300 divided by eight, 37 and a half. It's probably going to have to be like 40. Or if it's that AAV, you got to give him more years. I know he's already like, what is he, 31 or something? He's already up there in age. So I understand why teams don't want to give him a long, long long-term deal. But he did just hit 62 home runs. Yeah, he's 30 right now. He's going to want a longer deal than seven years, eight years that it seems like Trey Turner will get. Because he, he, he's coming off the better season. He just won the MVP. And he knows the Yankees have to bring him back. So he has the leverage here. He has the leverage. If the Yankees don't bring him back, they are in trouble. Mike's a big Brantley fan, says let's get some pure hitters on this team. Mike says, look for the Dodgers to make some big moves this offseason. Well, 
they kind of have to. They don't have a shortstop. The Padres have shortstops. You know, like that's that's the difference there. And the Dodgers, I think they just signed Shelby Miller yesterday. They have to get starting pitching as well. So do the Padres. So they have to make a big splash move, it would seem like, you know, with shortstop or um, some other position to compensate for Turner leaving if he does leave. Where the Padres, they have like their big core guys, right? Trey Turner hit at the top of their order. The Padres have their top of their order coming back. Profar was a leadoff hitter, but I mean like their real top of the order when like Tatis is healthy. They have that. They don't have to go out and get that. Joseph asks, how soon will the Padres make a free agency move? Well, they technically already have uh, Julio Tehran. Huge move. Huge move. Big blockbuster move that they made there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so technically, they've already made it, and uh, Robert Suarez was a free agent. They bought him. They brought him back. Nick Martinez technically was a free agent. They brought him back. Uh, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like an actual free agency move, like Josh Bell or Brandon Drury or dare I say Bogarts or Turner or you know Senga, right? I don't know. I, I think if I were to make a prediction, a winter meetings prediction on how many moves AJ makes, I'd probably say at least two moves, trade, free agency signing, something. Like, there are multiple holes to fill on this roster. So he's got to get moving here, you know? Um, and I think... I don't think he wants the winter meetings. I, I, I don't think he's thinking about this, but I don't, I don't think that he wants to have the winter meetings be in San Diego and not have the focus be on the Padres, right? Like, be at least in the rumors. So maybe he doesn't make any moves, but he's he's definitely going to be in the headlines, like in the rumor. Like, he's going to have Rosenthal and Heyman tweeting about the Padres, definitely. So there's, there's going to be action. Um, I think he does make moves. Uh, I'd be very surprised if he does nothing. Uh this next week at the winter meetings. Asus says, I think Drury and Bell should go back and bring Benintendi back. What? You think Drury and Bell should come back? I think is what you're saying. And bring Benintendi back? Benintendi was never on the Padres. So, I mean, Ben and Tenny, they do need, I think Preller's going to get a left-handed bat. I mean, I was just sitting on the couch last night in my head thinking about the the lineup. And it's, you got like three lefties, you want a more balanced lineup. All right, you have Grish, you have Soto, Cronoworth, and then who else? Like, those are lefties, right? Everyone else is, you know, Manny, Tatis, Kim, Nola. Those can't be, those are righties. Um, so he's going to get a lefty bat. I don't know when that's going to be or who that is, but that's why I like Brantley too. Left field, DH, and he's a lefty. Like, And he doesn't strike out. Like, I think he's a great fit for the Padres.
Joseph asked about Jason Hayward. Really? Come on. I think you know my answer to that. No. Talk about past his prime. All right, we'll get to this Tatis thing that Jesse Rogers wrote this morning on ESPN.com. Kind of bizarre. Um, not Jesse Rogers, but what an executive told him. I'll get to that, but first. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so Jesse Rogers on ESPN.com this morning, he put out a hot stove survey titled, Where Will DeGrom and Judge Sign Who Will Get Traded? MLB Execs Weigh In. And this is obviously the week before the winter meeting, so he's just kind of polling executives what he thinks is going to happen. Uh, some of the questions, will Aaron Judge get a package worth more than $320 million? Who will he sign with? Which shortstop will get the most dollars and years in free agency among Turner and Correa? Uh, where, where will the four big free agent shortstops sign? Will Jacob DeGrom lead the Mets? Will Verlander lead the Astros? Which top pitcher after Verlander and DeGrom will provide the most value? Uh, which team will make the biggest splash this offseason? And then he gets down to who will be the most notable player traded this winter. And so what are some names that we would kind of throw out there? Sean Murphy of the A's, right? Pablo Lopez for the Marlins. Maybe Brian Reynolds with the with the Pittsburgh, right? Those are just some names I'm thinking about. Colton Wong in Milwaukee. They're trying to cut money. Corbin Burns, I think that's a long shot, but maybe him. But then there's a name that is in there that an exec told Jesse Rogers, and that is Fernando Tatis Jr. Rest, uh, Rogers writes, some executives answered who was most likely to be traded as much as who will be the most notable, while the Tatis voter didn't explain his choice but certainly raised eyebrows with his pick. So why does this executive think Fernando is going to get traded? And then he didn't even pr provide an explanation. Did you not provide an explanation, Mr. Executive, because you're just trying to throw it out there and just be funny, like Tatis is going to get traded? I don't have a reason, but I think he's going to get traded. No, you don't have a reason because it's a dumb thing to trade Fernando Tatis Jr. Why would the Padres trade Fernando Tatis Jr.? Anyone have an answer to that? I don't. I mean, the people that will say, oh, maybe they trade Tatis because they're going to bring in Trey Turner and Bogarts or Bogarts or Turner, and they signed Soto, so you need Tatis gone to be able to have you know the money work out. That's nonsense. I mean, they gave Fernando Tatis Jr. $340 million to be one of the stars on their team for the next decade plus. They didn't give him $340 million to go trade him. It just doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, shortstop, he can play the outfield. He hit 40-plus home runs in 2021. 
This guy would have won Rookie of the Year in 2019 if he didn't get hurt in April uh, against Washington, trying to do uh, like the splits at shortstop, try to be a first baseman on the throw. I forget who the pitcher was. Maybe it was like Robbie Erlin or something. I forget. Um, but he got hurt, I think, later in that year too. But it's just idiotic. Like, yeah, the Potters are going to trade Tatis. Why would they do that? Why would you trade, you know, Brian Windhorst when uh, the whole KD trade stuff was going on in Utah, traded uh, Royce O'Neal to the Nets. He was like, why would they do that? And that went like viral. This would work for that. This is my reaction. Why would they do that? Why would the Padres trade one of the best players in baseball when they're trying to win right now? They just made it to the NLCS without this guy. Don't you think an MVP candidate would help them get to the World Series? I think that's all I have to say. I mean, it's just, I think it's idiotic to think that Tatis is going to get traded. The Padres, sure, they were disappointed in him in 2022 because of the ringworm and all that, just like the whole fan base was. But... That doesn't mean they go trade the guy. That doesn't mean they give up on the guy. Right? This guy's still in his prime. Maybe just getting into his prime. And don't you think that a guy watching from his watching from his couch, watching the Padres have all that success this past season without him, wouldn't you think that would motivate him and kind of piss him off and say, I want to be there with this team? I want to be here with the Padres and get them over the finish line. They made it to the NLCS without me. Imagine what they could do with me. I want to be the reason why the Padres win their first World Series ever. They couldn't get through the World Series. They couldn't get to the World Series. I'm going to be the reason why they make it to the World Series. Don't you think that's going through his head? Like, I think so. So, yeah, let's trade one of the best players in the league. Let's trade a guy that can hit 40 home runs for you, a guy that can hit at the top of the order, a guy that's starting, just starting his prime, a guy that's pissed off and motivated. Yeah, let's just trade him. The executive didn't even give a reason why. Because you don't have a reason. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to trade Fernando. Well, I mean, okay, I, I see this in the comments here. Mills, he says, so you're telling me if Tatis keeps getting hurt, they're just going to be like, oh, well, he's a Padre for life. That's what we're paying him for. No, I'm not saying that. But this article was a survey, and the executives said they're trading Tatis this offseason. It was about this offseason. It's not about which big name will eventually get traded down the line. It was about this offseason. They don't know if Fernando's going to keep getting hurt. If they know that he's going to get hurt throughout his contract, then yeah, they'd entertain it probably. But they don't know that. They know that he got surgeries this offseason, and those surgeries are supposed to decrease the odds of him being on the IL, you know? So, yes, if he keeps getting hurt, they're, not, they're probably going to sit there and say, they're probably going to think about it. But... They're not going to just trade the guy now, this offseason. 
when you haven't seen what he can do for you. Like, you saw what he did in 2021, right? You didn't get him in 2022. Trading him right now, you're not trading him at his highest value either, right? Like, I agree with your point, Mills. I understand what you're saying. Like, if he keeps getting hurt, it wouldn't be smart to say, oh, well, we paid him $340 million. He's a Padre for life. Yeah, that probably wouldn't be smart, but you got to give him the chance. I think in 2023, you got to give him the chance to stay on the field and redeem himself. He's one of the best players in baseball. You don't just give up on him because he couldn't stay healthy before the suspension and because he got suspended. You know, like, you don't give up on him. I think that's just stupid. Zoo, uh, Do Zertree says, how would Tatis do at first? His athleticism and flexibility to stretch out for a catch might work. Keep him, or keep Kim, excuse me. Well, they're gonna they're gonna do both. Uh, they're gonna keep Kim. They'll keep Tatis. I don't think Tatis is gonna be at first base. I've already gone through this. Why would you put Fernando Tatis at first base? His athleticism, flexibility to stretch out. Okay, he can do that at other positions. He he's never played first base in his life. They can have Jake Cronenworth go play first base. You can have Hassan Kim play second if you want Tatis to play shortstop. Or if you want Tatis to play another position, you don't want Kim to be moved, you can put Tatis at second. You can put him in the outfield where he's played before and not put him at first base where he's never played before. The first base thing, just I think it's it's stupid. You're just trying to be cute. You're trying to say, oh, uh, it would decrease his likelihood of being injured. Well, you know he could still get hurt at first base too. Like the way Tatis plays, he's going to have another injury at some point. You just hope it's not as frequent as it's been in his first three years in the big leagues, right? First couple years. Um. So yeah, I mean, you just got to manage the injuries, right? They're going to happen. That's just the way he plays. And they gave him $340 million to play like that. like Because that's the player that he is. Because he's so spectacular. Right? Mills says, I love Tatis, but I do think with them trying to sign Soto, it's going to cause some problems. No. Tatis has this contract already. $340 million. Peter Seidler has already said, I think he told Marty Caswell this, I'm not afraid of $500 million giving $500 million to Soto. That's with Tatis on the roster. That's with Tatis in the plans for the next 13, 12 years, whatever it is. Right? So no. It's not going to cause problems signing Soto and having Tatis on the roster still. Tatis is already in the plans and Soto is probably already in the plans as well. They probably already have a plan on what the roster is going to look like, how much money they're going to spend per year on Soto. You know, like, I'm sure Preller and the front office, they've already thought of, okay, what's it going to look like with Tatis and with Soto on the team, on the roster? How much flexibility will we have? 
Siler did not just go say, I'm not scared of $500 million without doing some, you know, research and talking to AJ first. Peter's not a dummy. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in here. Episode 291, Talking Friars. Ben Fadden signing off. I appreciate you guys being with me. I'll be back sometime later this week. Go Padres. See ya.